Bryce Young is an interception machine. Let's talk about that. Panthers fans, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Taylor. You can follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Daily Panthers for all the news, analysis, sports, updates on this show, everything you need to know about what there is to know about the Carolina Panthers. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for interacting, subscribing. Whatever you're doing, thank you so much for it. I do my best to bring Daily Panthers content to this podcast. I have been going for quite some time now. It's getting easier every day because more content comes through every day. So thank you so much for your ears, your eyes, and your everything else. Um, this is getting weird. I'm going to stop now. So I <laughs> uh, hope you all had a fun time at FanFest if you were able to make it out. It looked like it was a fun time. There were fireworks Sir Purr was there, the Bear, and um, all the players, all the coaches. So I hope you all had a grand old time. It was just a regular old practice for them, I guess. And um, yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. I I just want to address something right out of the gate. Bryce Young threw another interception. What are we doing here? What is going on? Is Bryce Young a bust? Maybe. If you think about it, he has had an interception, I think, in five practices in a row. Bryce Young has been throwing interceptions, but here's why you shouldn't worry about it. Frank Reich has said multiple times, Bryce Young is going to throw picks. And does he mean that in the sense that Bryce Young is a rookie quarterback and he's going to throw picks? Yes. But he also means it in the sense of, I am purposefully going to put Bryce Young in positions to be unsuccessful so that he will learn what he can and cannot do on the football field. I will purposefully run plays, routes, and throws that are what's not advantageous but dis dis disadvantageous, whatever that word would be. It's purposely putting him at a disadvantage to throw these routes in these positions. For example, this latest pick he threw a it was verticals in the red zone. He just wanted to see what defense that they would play. And yeah, it resulted in an interception. It was on a tip pass by somebody. I can't remember. And then Kamu uh, <laughs> intercepted it. So yes, it's the end of the world. Bryce Young is an interception machine. Whatever you want to say, it's totally fine. It doesn't really matter. But also I ask, how many interceptions would you be okay with Bryce Young throwing? in his rookie year what would be that number that you're comfortable with 10 even that seems kind of low to be honest I don't know what the rookie quarterbacks were last year but they weren't great for him if he's going to play every game I would say 15 interceptions is not going to make me mad to be completely honest with you if he turns the ball over that much I don't think it's that big of a deal depending on how it is I mean If you really think about it, it really depends on the context of the situation. It's kind of like in basketball when a team has 23 turnovers, but the other team has like a 36% field goal percentage. You're like, those missed shots were basically turnovers, and those turnovers weren't live ball. They were thrown out of bounds or charges or whatever. 
that's what I more care about in the context of the game is how these turnovers affect the team. Was it a fourth and 27 where we just throw a bomb? Was it a fourth and one from the one where we're trying to make a play? You know, it all depends on the context of the situation. So if you trust Bryce Young to be our first overall pick, you trust him to make the right decisions. And I think that he will do that. And he won't do that at the same time. There are plenty of throws, even from college, where you're like, yeah, you made a bad decision. But the thing about Bryce is that he knows he made a bad decision. And he's not going to do it twice. And everything that he does is going to be making him better. If you think about college and the pros, it's like he has no distractions. The dude is like he's got his head on straight. His best friends are probably his parents. He doesn't even have a significant other. Again, not that that really matters. I'm just saying the man only focuses on two things, football and family. His family's already there, so he's got football now. So there's nothing that is stopping him from becoming better each day. And he's just going to get better from here because, again, there's literally nothing in his way. All he has is football. I don't know how many connections he has in the Carolinas, but it's not like he's going out with friends or something. He only knows guys on the team probably. So he's hanging out with them. He's seeing his parents. It's a win-win for us because he's just going to get better from here. The only limiting factor that he can't change is his size or his height, really. He can change his size technically. but And that being said, I am not worried about the other stuff. So these interceptions should not worry you. He's purposely being put in tough situations to see how he can handle it. And honestly, I think Frank Reich is trying to make him throw interceptions to kind of get that out of the way of like, you don't have to be perfect. I don't want you to be perfect. It's okay. One of the greatest quarterbacks I ever, or the greatest quarterback I ever coached and one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history set the record for NFL rookie interceptions, Peyton Manning. So I don't think Frank Reich is any stranger to interceptions. And I don't think that he is scared of interceptions. And we have basically three or four quarterback coaches who are able to help him out. So if you're nervous about these interceptions or you're like, why does he keep turning the ball over? It is a product of the practice. Okay. He is purposely being put in these situations and throwing these picks. And of course it's not completely blameless and maybe it's his fault. Maybe it's someone else's. You never really know on the field unless someone tells you what the answer is. So yeah, but that one looked like it was more so just a bad play call on purpose. I'm not saying it was a bad play call, just like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. A bad play call on purpose put him in a bad situation where he's pretty much going to throw a pick. So there's only been one or two out of the five that I was like, yeah, that was a bad play. The one with Frankie Louvu, yeah, that was bad. He got undercut. He The pocket was collapsing. Just a bad throw. But otherwise, all these other interceptions is kind of just like a product of the system or somebody else just making a play or someone else's miscommunication. So all these kinks will get worked out in practice. No need to worry. Um, no need to fret. Um, but also, like, just chill out. It's, again, I don't know how many times I have to say chill out. Chill out. It is just a practice. It's just training camp. At the end of the day, there's two things we're worried about, everyone. Everyone knows these by now if you've been listening to the pod. Two things. We are worried about injuries. We don't want injuries. Those are real. That's one of the only real things that comes out of training camp is injuries. We don't want those. And two, we just want installment. 
installment and repetitions, those two things. So no injuries and just installing the play calls and installing the playbook. And if we're able to do that, then it is a successful camp. If we're able to come out with any without any significant injuries, and we're able to come out with Bryce Young having installed like at least 75% of the playbook and also being able to get to 75% of the playbook, I have a theory that he'll only be able to get to probably about 50% of audibles because you also have to take into account there's a lot of information to process as a quarterback. It's not like Madden where you just put a guy on the field and then he automatically knows everything and it's a perfect fit. There's a reason why there's not a lot of trades in the NFL compared to somewhere like the NBA where there's a trade it seems like every other day. I don't know what the volume is on number of trades compared to number of players, but for the NBA, it is far greater. The NFL, you rarely see those mid-season trades. Like, even the trade deadline for the NFL is usually pretty calm for the most part, comparatively, um, because it is so hard to put a guy in to a team in the middle of the season and pick up an entirely different playbook. It's not like other sports, and it's not like you might think where you're just like, well, just study it. Yes, you can study it to remember the plays. Someone like Lamar Jackson uses an armband, or he used to. I don't think his new coach is going to let him because he had trouble. I think it's because he had trouble not remembering the plays. I don't want to slander somebody like that if it's not true, but I don't know why else you would use something like that. But with someone like Bryce Young, you know, he comes in and he learns the playbook, sure, um, but he doesn't just have to learn the playbook. He has to learn everyone else's playbook. That's part of being quarterback. You have to know what all the receivers are doing, what the running backs are doing. And then you have to know what the defense is doing. So you not only are learning your playbook, you're learning every other offensive player's playbook. And then you're also learning the defensive playbook of what they're going to do and which look. And then on top of that, you have to decide what look you want to get into based on the look that they're giving you. And if that look is true or not, or if it is just a false, like, I don't, I don't know what the word would be, but it's not real. It's a fake look. It's, oh, they're not actually going to blitz. Oh, they're giving you this look, but they're really going to do this. You have to know all of that. And it doesn't just come overnight. It's not like studying for your college exams, however hard those may have been. It is a long process of playing it out on the field. It's much like doing, um, you know, in, in medicine, they have a residency. Bryce Young has not started his residency yet. He is still in school. And his residency will start, and he will start to learn a lot. And he'll get a lot of different looks. And while the Panthers are trying to throw everything at him that will kind of get him prepared, there's no way to duplicate exactly what it's going to be like. And he's going to see some similar looks in college. I'm sure those coaches from the NFL have looked at the tape and seen what works. And they're like, okay, we're going to blitz like Tennessee. Or we're going to do this thing that Texas did that was successful. I'm sure there's some of that. But really, it's just going to be a lot of talented guys on the field that he has not seen since ever, really. I mean, this is a whole different ballgame. There's multiple players quoted as saying the NFL is just an entirely different beast, even from something like the SEC. Derrick Henry specifically mentioned the SEC as being just totally different than college. It's not even the same game, I think is what he said exactly. But it's one of those things where 
it's just going to take some time for him to get the playbook and get those get into those looks and access what he needs to access on the field. Now beforehand, um, just hearing the play calls and stuff, that is not going to be something that's going to be a problem for him, I don't think. But after changing looks and audibly, you know, the, that mic in their helmet cuts off, I think, after 20 seconds. So the coach can only help him up to that 20-second point. And then once it hits 20 seconds, they lose communication. And then throughout the play, it doesn't have it. And then it restarts. So, um, yeah, if you didn't know that, that's a kind of little neat fact that some people don't know is that the, the mic in the helmet, the green sticker, that indicates that they have a mic, it cuts off after the play clock gets to 20 seconds each time. So kind of neat little tidbit. Um, but everyone also needs to calm down on the training camp hype as well. I've seen a lot of hype for Frankie Luvu. And I'm here for it. I love Frankie Luvu. I think you get a little bit better in coverage. I think you get opportunistic, as I said yesterday. I think I think I said it yesterday, um, but he he is good. But he's an off-ball linebacker, you know. And he and he has he has a lot of talent. Uh, we'll see where he goes from this year. But I already see people talking about that we need to lock him down long term. We need to sign him to a big contract. I hope we sign him to a contract, but he is at a non-premier position. When you have a premier player at a non-premier position, you get yourself in trouble. So he better be great if we are going to sign him to a long-term contract. And of course, I want him for the right price. We have a rookie a rookie contract to make ourselves flexible in situations like these. We are actually next to last, and really we're last. It's just a million-dollar difference along with the Bucks and... Maybe the Packers. Uh, but the three of us are kind of at the bottom of the league and money spent on offensive weapons compared to the rest of the league. And it's not close. I think the top is like $130 million or something ridiculous like that. So we have the money to pay, guys. But we already allocate a good bit of money to the defense. And we're going to be allocating a good bit of money to the defense. I mean, you don't want to allocate too much to guys at non-premier positions. And while we do need to pay Luvu, we also have a lot of other guys we need to pay first. So just pump the brakes on Luvu. Let's let this year play out, and we will sign him to a contract after that. The Panthers have never been one to let a player just straight up walk away in recent memory. We've re-signed all the guys that we've drafted. Now, we may have ended up trading them, like DJ Moore, um, or we may have let them walk, like Hassan Reddick, but... Again, Hassan Reddick wasn't drafted by us. We picked him up as a free agent, and everyone was kind of saying it was a bad move because he was a Matt Rule hire. But either way, neither here nor there. It was a, it was more complicated than just letting him walk. But what I'm trying to get at is that we usually take care of the guys that we've drafted that have balled out. Um, there, I haven't. I've thought of the recent first round picks that we've picked or second-round picks, or whoever that we've picked up kind of from the beginning of their careers, and we tend to keep those guys around. Um, so I would not be surprised if Luvu resigns with us. But again, man's got to get his money. We'll see how that plays out. I hope that he does, and I hope it's from us. And we have the rookie contract to be able to kind of be a little bit flexible in that. Um, but we're also getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because first we have – Bryce Young, who hasn't played a down yet. So it's really all going to be dependent on him and what he does on the field. Because, yes, we have a rookie contract that makes us 
very flexible in what we can do with the cap space that we keep from not having to pay a big quarterback salary. But we are going to have to pay that salary if he does really well in, what, five years? So all those contracts that are getting locked down now will be good, but then anything past like year two or three, that's going to bleed into this new rookie contract. But now GMs have started to kind of backload these contracts. Someone like Jalen Hurts, I think his cap commitment is only in like the 30 millions, but his last year he's making like 80 million, but that's not going to be real because then they'll just extend him again then and spread it out some more. So all of this cap talk is kind of complicated and unnecessary at this point. But all of this to say, don't worry about signing players who aren't due right now. The only player you should worry about being signing at the moment is Brian Burns. And even that one is kind of on the back burner. And he himself has kind of said as much. He didn't say specifically, but we all know what's happening. It is not a secret that we are waiting for Nick Bosa. And I would not be surprised if once Nick Bosa signs, establishes the market, and then we go after Brian Burns within the next couple of weeks. So, do I think he'll start the season without a contract? Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, it also depends on Nick Bosa. They haven't heard anything about his contract, whether or not it's going to be signed, or what the timeline is on that. I just know that he is not there, and they are going to miss him dearly if he is not. And he's a premier player at a premier position. So, one plus two equals three. Sign that man for whatever he wants. So, We'll see what happens with that. That'll kind of be determinant on for Brian Burns. But outside of Brian Burns, there's not really anyone that we need to worry about signing at the moment. And we just need to worry about the guys who are on the field right now and not get ahead of ourselves because there is a full season ahead of us, a month away from that season at this point, more than. So don't worry about signing someone like Frankie Lubo. I think I saw... Someone say something along the lines of like $15 million a year. It's like, what? No, people are so worried about inflation and the rising cost of contracts and the direction that the league is going. And just trust me when I say it will be okay. The positions that are premier positions right now are staying that way for a while. The modern NFL is here. We've kind of hit the ceiling of like what the modern NFL is going to look at like at the moment. And it's just going to be more of what we're already getting. It's like the next guys who come in, they're just going to have even bigger rookie years with more yards and more touchdowns. It's it's gotten kind of astronomical, the stats that people are putting up, but it also kind of heightens the floor. It's like if you can't put up 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, we're looking for the next guy who can. So it's all relative. It really is. I mean, if you have, in even 15 years ago, I've mentioned this before, with Peyton Manning, it's like you have this guy who gets 29 touchdowns and 10 picks, and he's an MVP, and now you have a guy who gets 29 touchdowns and 10 picks, and people are like, is he on the hot seat? So in 15 years, it'll probably be more of the same of, oh, this guy has 40 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, and 15 picks. That's a lot of picks. Is he on the hot seat? So, you know, the, the floor has risen along with the ceiling. It's all relative, so don't even worry about any of that. And don't worry about Frankie Louvu right now. Now, one person you should be worried about is Alvin Kamara. What breaking news, he's going to get suspended. Thank you, Ian Rappaport, for that just insider information. The media at this, this is the most annoying time for media for me, when they all act like they've got some big thing to say. You click the article and you read it, and you're like, this is literally all 
like what we already knew from a tweet, but you expanded it into an article. Just because you put more words into it and just because you put more effort into it doesn't make it any more interesting. I'm sorry. That's just the way that it is. And um, you're seeing this a lot with uh, college football and the realignment stuff. It's like, here's a whole article on how Florida State could realign. You're like, okay, well, that was... a. It's like, you know, the meeting that could have been an email. It's like the article that could have been a tweet. That is the equivalent of the meeting that could have been an email. It's a whole article and you're like, okay, you pretty much summed up one tweet, but you expanded it somehow into a 10-minute read. And you have all this quote-unquote insider information, but that insider information is available for all of us. So it's at this point, it's just for clicks. It is just for clicks. There are good media members out there. Trust me. I'm not bashing all of the media or anything like that. I'm just saying that there is no way that we should be focused on these articles that are coming out of camp. It happens every, I don't know how people forget. It's literally every year. Every year this happens. Oh, player X is looking great. Oh, player X and Y have a great connection. It's like Bryce Young and DJ Chark right now. It's like, oh, they've been connecting a lot during camp. Yeah, during camp. Let's see what happens in the games. Let's worry about when we get pads on and play a team that actually is trying to beat us and not just trying to get different looks and get better. I want to see Bryce Young and DJ Chark connect in the game. It's the Jamar Chase factor for me. When everyone was trashing Jamar Chase, and yeah, he does have a little bit of drop issues, but he's so good it doesn't matter. It's it's these training camp stories for me that just go ballistic. Like um, accounts like NFL Rookie Watch, or it's like WXTCH instead of WATCH where everyone is just legit and killing it and throwing bombs and the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm like, okay, whatever. I do not care until y'all get pads on. Anthony Richardson, I'm not going to be impressed with you again until you do it on Sundays. Same with Bryce Young. Anyone, really, who hasn't done it already, do it on Sundays and then I will be impressed. But until then, I do not care. I do not care one bit. You can do whatever you want in training camp or practice. Just stay healthy. I don't care. Bryce Young could throw a pick every single day for the rest of camp. I would not give two craps. I am here just to make sure that no one gets hurt and to make sure that we are all gelling together. Do I like to see touchdowns and highlights? Sure. Yeah, it's great for me. But at the end of the day, how come I can never say that? At the end of the day... Those are the two things I care about are the two things I said before. And DJ Chark, great. Terrace Marshall, oh man, I haven't heard a lot from him. Haven't heard a lot from Tommy Tremble. What's going on? There are 90 players on the field. 90. You ever try to watch 90 guys at the same time, all in different places? It's impossible. It's crazy. It's madness. Just because they remind me of 300 when he kicks the guy in the pit. But just because you haven't heard a lot of a guy or you don't see his name pop up on Twitter or wherever a lot does not mean that he is not doing well. doesn't mean that he doesn't have potential. It's, let's just wait to see what we see on Sundays. And I don't know why people are so adamant about trusting their untrained eye or from a tweet or whatever it may be. Just we can't brag about all of the experience that we have in the coaching staff that's on the field currently, and then question everything that happens or take everything 
I don't even know what the opposite of with a grain of salt is. With a grain of sugar, where you want it more, you're like, everyone, look at this. This is crazy. This thing is happening with this person. Oh, my gosh. Who cares? Honestly. So, just chill. Pump the brakes. I don't know how many... I've said that on every (laughs) podcast since training camp started. I apologize. But it just grinds my gears when I hear stuff like this. Um, And I don't know if y'all saw the logo that got released. Um, It's this girl who is doing logos for each team. And some of them look okay. Some of them not okay. Ours looked bad. I don't care what anyone says. It was a it's a bad logo. It's just a bad logo. And sure the helmet looked good, but that's because it's a black helmet. A black helmet is always gonna look good, especially a matte black helmet. As an App State grad myself, also backtrack to yesterday. Thank you for one of my glorious, loyal listeners for pointing this out. I said Cameron Peoples Jones. Um I combined Cameron Peoples and Donovan Peoples-Jones into one person that doesn't exist. So I apologize for that. But as an App State grad, I do know the allure of a matte black helmet. It's awesome. I love them. Matte black is my favorite black. And a matte black helmet, you can't beat it. You cannot beat it. But with this one, the Panthers helmet, of course it's cool. It's a matte black helmet. Don't give me that. Oh, it's got the scratch marks. Okay, whatever. But the logo is bad. I'm sorry if this person is listening. You want me to be honest with you? You're a graphic artist or graphic designer. You've had people be honest with you in the past. This is not a good logo. If, maybe check it out. I can't remember their name. It's Chelsea something. You can find it on Twitter, I'm sure. Just look up Panthers logo redesign or just Google it. Whatever you use, you can find it. But the Panther looks like it has a mustache. And then um, it also is like basically a Georgia State logo, Um, and then like the big draw was that they took North and South Carolina and put it in the ear, but if you look at the logo, you can't really tell that it is North and South Carolina in the ear, so I don't think that it is successful really in what it does. It's kind of like the arrow in FedEx. If you didn't know, there's an arrow in the FedEx logo between the E and the X. It's one of the most unsuccessful logos of all time because if you have to say, hey, look at this thing that I did in this, can you see it? It's not a good logo. And for those of you who don't know, the Panther is already in the shape of North and South Carolina. So go and check it out. It Go and look. Our logo is already in a North and South Carolina shape, except it's more, how say it, abstract. So it's got the general shape. It's not something that is supposed to be noticeable, I don't think. But again, you know, maybe that was a failure on the actual Panthers logo. Maybe I'm taking too much out of it. But also the new logo just does not look good. So yeah, you put it on a helmet. You do the colors that we want to do. Of course, everyone wants to see black. Everyone wants to see matte black. Everyone wants to see a little nod to the Carolinas. Great, but it looked like a Madden expansion logo mixed with like Microsoft Paint. Canva. I'll give it Canva. So it's not, I mean, yo, go take a look. Make your own opinion. I'm just some dude with a podcast who just does this for fun. So what do I know? But I do have a wife who's a graphic designer. So I have to ask her if she thinks it's a good logo. I'll get her opinion and then we'll see. 
I'll come back to y'all tomorrow with a verdict on the technicality of the logo and see if it is good because I'm just an idiot who likes sports. She actually knows what she's talking about when it comes to those. So she's actually the one who told me about FedEx. Also, another failure is the the arrow for Amazon. It's actually a smirk. I didn't know that. So if you didn't know that either, you know, give my podcast a listen because I'm giving you new information. But also, you know, you don't have to tell anyone because now you know. You know, it was a long time before I even realized that the exits on roads coincided with the mile markers that were on roads. I pretty much ignored them for most of my most of my life. So I didn't find that out until like college. So, you know, I don't have a good track record when it comes to these things. So I'm figuring things out much later than everyone else. So I hope you all figure out everything before me because I tend to be on the backside of that. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to another day of training camp. Not today, so there's no training camp today. Luckily, there's not because it's rainy anyway. But they'll be back at it tomorrow. I won't have a podcast for that one. Um, I will have a podcast on f- tomorrow, but it won't be about any training camp because I won't know what will have happened by then. Uh, but same time tomorrow. I'll see you all later. I hope you have a good day. Peace.